0: We're huge on location-based entertainment, but we can do so much more by utilizing virtual reality in these. We can take you from Austin to Seattle to Phoenix if you want it, and experience different courses, all of that by just staying within the same area and have a much more interesting experience over there. And we can create different types of games, like think about creating a physical game at one of these venues, changing the rules of the game, requires uh, different modifications unless everything is all digital and virtual reality is enabling us to provide that as it is its nature. With augmented reality, if you don't want to take people to a virtual world because some people don't want to put on goggles, with augmented reality we believe it's going to be a little more natural, it's going to be more like a regular pair of glasses that you put on and it is all digitally enhancing your experience. As you hit the ball, you can see the speed of the ball all highlighted on your glasses, for example, as you're looking out into the venue in real time.
1: Welcome to the Mod Golf Podcast, where I speak with the influencers, disruptors, entrepreneurs and innovators that are shaping the future of golf. I'm your host, Colin Weston. So today I'm doing something a little bit different. I'm going to get out of the pure golf space. My guest is not involved directly in the golf industry, although the immersive and engaging content they are creating is very soon going to be part of the golf industry landscape. So I'm really excited about this conversation. My guest today is Dogu Taskaran, who is the co-founder and CEO of Stambul Studios. Dogu is an expert in immersive technologies, visual design, and creating virtual reality, mixed reality, and augmented reality experiences. Dogu combines his professional experience designing and building military training simulators, gaming design on action sport titles with EA Sports and Ubisoft, and has worked with Microsoft on future computing ecosystems. So with that introduction, Dogu, welcome to the ModGolf podcast. It's great to have you here today.
0: Thanks, Colin. Happy to be here.
1: So hey, let's get us started. You told me over a couple of beers last week, your entrepreneurial journey, your story, and I just love this. So to get us started here, Dogu, give us a quick snapshot of everything that you've done that led you to sitting down across the table from me for this podcast episode.
0: It's actually um, a very interesting thing that I actually like telling a lot about this story. My story starts from Turkey, originally, I was born in 1980 there and grew up in a family where art and technology were all combined as well as entrepreneurial skills. And my father is a graphic artist. He was a painting artist as well. And my uncles were all in electronics. My father was working as a graphic designer. My uncles were bringing game boards from China and Korea to Turkey when the arcades were in their heyday. And we were building the arcade machines and half of the arcades Belonged to our family and the other half was buying the arcade machines from us
1: oh, okay so
0: i got involved in the entertainment electronics entertainment industry and at an early age and i started programming when i was 11 years old wrote my first game when i was 12 years old and continued my journey by studying computer science with the sole purpose of making video games all my life all right Unfortunately, the video games industry wasn't that strong in Turkey at that time. So you have to jump into military simulators or military applications. And that's how I got involved in computer graphics a lot. Got it. At that time, I got an offer from Electronic Arts in Canada in about 2005 and moved to Canada then to join one of the most selling sports franchises for a skateboarding game called Skate and built the sequel with them and then joined Ubisoft as their studio tech lead built a few action sports titles over there as well as a soccer game moved to Toronto came back to work for Microsoft to build their future computing ecosystems
1: good stuff so that brings us up to date so Expand on that now and tell us what you've created with your brother with Stamble Studios and what it is you're creating. I know know this is a podcast, you have to paint pictures and virtual reality experiences with your words here. So tell us, first of all, what you're doing, what your why is and your purpose for creating Stamble Studios.
0: So my brother worked alongside or learned all he knows while working alongside my father, who was a graphics artist. As I mentioned, he started with this 2D design, moved to 3D design, and at one point he built a 4D full-feature film where smoke was coming off the screen, the ground was shaking, it was all about immersing you into a new environment. And that's very similar to video games as well. So with Istanbul, we said, why don't we bring the two expertises together? As I may have mentioned to you, Istanbul is the largest city on earth that sits on two continents, bridging Europe and Asia, Mm -hmm. with three bridges over there. We said, we're two brothers, I'm the engineer, you're the artist. Why don't we bridge the two? And I'm the left brain, you're the right brain. create experiences that sit right at the border of physical and digital realities that's how stanbowl studios came to life so we all quit our jobs and joined our efforts to build this creative technology studio we call it and our, our main forte is virtual reality and augmented reality experiences and building them for starting with marketing purposes as well as experiential stuff things around healthcare and real estate is our main forte because we are focused on photorealistic, extremely realistic visualizations or experiences through the use of these technologies and getting stakeholders to understand what it is like to experience space or story through these tech.
1: Right, and where we're going to go with this conversation, of course, is how does this apply to the golf industry? And you and I looked at this and said, to keep it simple, there's really three opportunities or three buckets we're looking at in the golf industry, and we'll drill down into each one of these as we go, talking about the immersive golf entertainment experiences that places like Drive Shack and Top Golf, and we're going to talk about Next Links and what they're doing as one. The next being the game improvement and training opportunities with groups like Golf Tech and what they're doing and how that could look in the future. And then the last we're going to touch on is the broadcast experience for viewers and fans of professional golf, LPGA, European Tour, PGA Tour, and get your insights on that. Because the conversations we've had, especially your experience with game design, with EA and Ubisoft, the applications of what the future could be is the exciting part of this conversation. So I'm going to get into that. But first I'm gonna ask you, because normally, Dogu, uh, I end my interviews with this question, but I'm gonna start with this question with you this time. Where do you see golf and the golf industry being in 20 years as it relates to the immersive experiences that you create?
0: It's actually funny you're asking that, but that 20 years that you're probably thinking right now is actually today, it is right here. And that, that is visible with many of the location-based entertainment venues and, and the way golf is utilized it's actually being utilized well, but there are multiple things
1: that can be done and we can all talk about different angles to that. Right, I I chose 20, maybe I shouldn't have been so selective. Maybe it's five years, 10 years, three years, so even the progression. Let's look around the corner and with that, let's start with immersive golf entertainment experiences. You're aware of Top Golf and, and Drive Shack and what they do as far as in venue of people hitting balls that are chipped towards targets, and they've gamified that. Then the ability through the software to actually see where their ball goes and getting the visual feedback of that. So let's look at this through quite literally the lens of your world of what this could look like. And for our listeners here, if we refer to MR, that's mixed reality, and AR would be augmented reality, and VR being virtual reality, if you're not familiar with those terms. So if we start throwing around uh, the AR, VR, AR, you'll know what we're talking about there. So why don't we start with that? What you see in the future there for entertainment experiences?
0: Maybe we'll start by defining and setting the terms well-defined, actually, in in virtual and augmented reality as well as mixed reality so with virtual reality we completely immerse you in a new environment that is different than you currently are so we can take you into a spaceship we can take you onto mars we can take you to a travel destination all by using the headset and the goggles and you wouldn't know what you're experiencing in your current world but you would be experiencing that world we're taking you with that we're tricking you into believing that It's a bit of suspending the disbelief over there, really. Right. Augmented and virtual reality are typically the same thing, actually. Okay. Uh, But in the last couple of years, having the face filters and messenger-like interesting activities through Snapchat, they actually started using that by overlaying digital information on top of whatever the camera is seen. That's why it is called augmented reality. And with mixed reality, that's a, a term that's most recently started being used by Microsoft and Magic Leap alike, it's about bringing holograms into your world and literally bridging this physical world with the digital objects and interactions and information and improving it in multiple ways. That's what mixed reality is about. So starting with that, I see a lot of potential opportunities with the use of these technologies. Because you said it is 20 years, it is actually a reasonable thing to assume that we don't want to carry these display bricks around with us. Back in the day, there was desktop computers and then the laptops came and then flip phones came and then it was smartphones and the tablets. Now we're trying to get rid of all these and go back to the original realm because we are physical beings. We're 3D creators. We understand the space a lot better than anything else, right? So I see a death for the mobile phones or the digital devices that we're currently using and everything moving towards more mixed reality, augmented reality angles and augmenting our experiences in these lives. So our
1: smartphones today are just a stepping stone to the future then? Exactly. Got it. So let's look at an example here, Dogu. Let's say we're at a top golf right now, you and I, and the way it exists right now, of course we've got the clubs, we're at the tee, we're hitting towards the targets and we're getting the ball as close as we can to the middle of the targets and getting a score. How do you see with virtual reality or mixed reality, what would that experience be like? What would that journey be like? Would we actually be wearing goggles? Do you see something that would be projected? Or just give me some examples from your background and the work that you do with Istanbul of where you see that could go in the next while as that next generation of immersive experiences.
0: It's actually very clear to me because this very much applies to what virtual reality in its nature is solving as a problem. So we can, create experiences that are not bound with the physical limitations right now. When we are building as a driving simulation, for example, we can get the weather to change immediately. We can get it to snow and get your tires to actually skid on the road, and you can have a more interesting driving experience. That applies to golfing as well. So we can right. play with the wind. We can create different weather conditions. We can get you on Mars, for example, and you can play with a different gravity level if you want it. So this is what virtual reality creates as an additional feature in the experience in a way and the second thing is it removes the limitations of the space and all this i'm talking about can happen within a 10 square feet area so you can have this enormous amazing experience as if you are there which is actually essential because top golf or next things all these are built on real estate we're huge on location-based entertainment but we can do so much more by utilizing Virtual reality in mm-hmm. these. We can take you from Austin to Seattle to Phoenix if you want it and experience different courts, different courses, all of that by just staying within the same area and have a much more interesting experience over there. And we can create different types of games. Like think about creating a physical game at one of these venues, right. changing the rules of the game requires uh, different modifications unless everything is all digital. And virtual reality is enabling us to provide that as it is its nature. With augmented reality, if you don't want to take people to a virtual world, because some people don't want to put on goggles, Mm -hmm. obviously, with augmented reality, we believe it's going to be a little more natural. It's going to be more like a regular pair of glasses Mm -hmm. that you put on, and it is all digitally enhancing your experience as you hit the ball You can see the speed of the ball all highlighted on your glasses, for example, as you're looking out into the venue in real time. time. That applies to any other sport, really, right? As a spectator, I'd be more interested in seeing what happened then. Where is the ball going to fall? What is the trajectory of that ball? Where is it going to hit? In real time, yeah. Or maybe even manipulate it by utilizing other devices that you can install around it. So you can create really engaging, interesting experiences there. So... From a venue perspective, a location-based entertainment standpoint, I think we're moving in a direction where it kind of falls in the lines of Ready Player One, right? which is really a great movie, and it, it highlights how we are going to experience these things. And uh, there's going to be worlds over worlds overlaid on top of the real world that we are experiencing and enhancing, and golf is no exception.
1: Now, picking up your comment with Ready Player One dovetails nicely on the next question I have as far as that interaction with other people. Do you see, is the technology in place or is it fairly close to make this happen? Could you create an environment where there is that interactivity between people all around the world in real time that you're then competing from Vancouver against someone that is in Istanbul, someone that's also in Dubai, and a fourth person that is in Sydney, Australia, let's say. And having that competition to have that gameplay, just like you have with online communities now, using the technology that we're talking about here, do you see that as something that's already there or an easy possibility? Or where do you see that?
0: Absolutely. So right now, uh, virtual reality is changing the way we're already working for example if you're building a building as an architect the contractors from Australia can join the whole project the architect joins the project and we can all experience the same thing and discuss different things and the exact same technology could be applied to any sports experience for example as a spectator we could be watching the same match together as if we're sitting at the seats that are side by side but you could be sitting at your living room and I could be at mine and we could be talking to each other as if we are there. So the same thing applies to playing it as well. We could create environments where you would just set up a vr headset at your living room and compete in a tournament that is happening virtually right now and that basically have ties to esports so right now there's games out there that people are playing and it's a billion dollar industry already that they are competing against one another all happening on the computer much like a real world sports game This could be a virtual golf esports game that could be played at people's own locations. And there could be awards that could happen. And these awards could be all virtual. Even maybe we can tie it into blockchain here, like the virtual currencies. This is where the future is going. Yes. And it is an overlay, again, on top of the real world. Unless you change this, this digital world with the physical world at one point, which is what Ready Player One is about as well.
1: Well, I think this is very interesting because now we're talking about simulating real golf skills here as compared to some of the other golf games that are out there. I showed you this one, this mobile game called Golf Clash, which is really playing with your finger, <laughs> well, you know, pulling the ball back and, and playing. But it's lots of fun. You play head-to-head with someone around the world. You compete and you're rewarded. You play with virtual money and whoever wins takes the pot and away you go and you increase your ranking. And, it, and it's a lot of fun. But that doesn't represent real golf, nor does, go back a couple years here with Wii and with Wii Sports and what they've done. And one of the games they have is the golf game, and I've played that. And with their controller and swinging that, is that a true golf swing? No, but it's that next level. So do you see the ability to then be able to replicate the true quality of the golf shot? I don't want to answer this question myself before letting you jump in, but the fact there is golf simulator technologies that tracks every single aspect of the ball as far as spin rate and how it's hit and how high and velocity and all that. So you're able to track all that information. So I guess we'd have to tie all that together, wouldn't we?
0: Yes, but you probably answered that part of it yourself as well. I mean, you only track the ball with the golf simulator, not really anything else related with you as a golfer. So what was your heart rate? What was your breathing pattern? How can I actually improve my golfing experience? How can I become a better golfer there? All these things like what was I thinking? What was my focus area? Was I in the flow? All these things can be combined and help you deliver or make you a better golfer if we deduce some data by utilizing all these different technologies. And virtual reality in its core is about not just simulating all this, but also gathering this data to improve the overall experience because you are being tracked, as in your hands movements are being tracked, your head movements is being tracked, I can tell you that there's about 90 different kinds of sensors that can collect data from the body, from EMG devices to EEG devices to eye tracking mechanisms, all these things. And you can become this blob of numbers, essentially, from a computer's <laughs> perspective. Right. And it all comes back to like Elon Musk's whether uh, we live in a simulation or not question. Right. It is most likely true. But at the same time, we won't know until we actually build it. And that's what virtual reality is doing to us. And to answer your original question about whether we are trying to simulate every aspect. Yes, every aspect is going to be simulated one day. Like I said, the wind, maybe you're going to feel the hot shining sun coming into your eyes. And you won't be able to hit the ball as good as you want it, for example. Those experiences are what makes it more natural. And that's what virtual reality is about. about really making it feel like it doesn't feel digital. It doesn't feel artificial to you. Or synthetic, yeah. It's all coming into your brain as if it is what your real world perception is.
1: Right, right. One of your earlier comments there segues nicely into the next bucket of potential for the golf industry here. And you talked about game improvement and personal improvement as far as your own golf game. So let's talk about that. Let's dig into that a little bit as far as game improvement training. And I gave the example earlier of of a company, Golf Tech, which I've had on the podcast before, and they've got over 2 200 facilities now and growing, so they're indoor training facilities. They do use biofeedback and I've been there, so we'll put this belt and over your shoulders so it has sensors, so it actually will measure all of the aspects and the data from your swing as far as your turn and all of that stuff of where you are in your swing and able to see that visually. So let's look into that a little bit. And you had talked about, I'll let let you describe this. You actually talked about this learning pyramid that I want you to talk about and how the impact of visual learning has in that. So why don't you talk about that? And then we'll talk about how that applies to the ability of VR and immersive experiences making golfers even better. Of course.
0: uh, This is actually a great subject that I'm very passionate about. It's because with Stamble, it's about immersing you into a world that doesn't exist yet but also my background in military simulators building flight simulators tank simulators back in the day and it's about creating that experience and helping you learn how to do a certain thing learn a new skill essentially There's a pyramid called Edgar's Cone of Learning. It's actually a cone, not a pyramid.
1: Okay, sorry. Thank you.
0: (laughs) So, uh, Edgar's Cone of Learning, which tells us what actually we remember after doing a certain activity to learn something. For example, after two weeks, we tend to remember only 10% of what we read. Right. And 20% of what we hear only. Or if we see something, we remember 30% of that after two weeks. If we see and hear, it moves up to 50%. If we say something, we typically remember 70% of what we actually said after two weeks. But if we say something and do something, we tend to remember 90% of that. So virtual reality, in essence, it ties back to creating those experiences that are not normally possible. It is an opportunity for you to become a great golfer because you can actually create those conditions that can make playing golf really difficult and you can create them over and over and over as you desire until you get your personal best with this we typically remember 90 percent of what we say and do that's where virtual reality or any other simulation actually comes into play you can be doing a dramatic presentation you can be playing a simulation of a real experience or you can be doing The real thing It's more like wine making classes. If you make the wine yourself, you will remember how to make the wine 90%. And imagine being able to do anything and everything all virtually without being limited by space or time of the day or the weather conditions that is going to make you a better golfer. And combining this with multiple sensors that give you a lot of data points will make you be aware of the opportunities for growth for yourself. You can compare yourself against another pro player, for example. Right. And you can see how that pro player reacts to those conditions. And you can compare your data against theirs and be objective about it. This is giving you the opportunity for growth for that particular angle. So you can train over and over and over without the traditional costs associated with it. You don't need the entire real estate to play that golf experience or to create those conditions that you wanna excel on.
1: What I love about this personally with my mediocre golf swing and golf game is I've found one of the most difficult things for me as an athlete to learn is I have to unlearn all the baggage of my bad golf swing and then the muscle memory that then has to happen through repetition. And it sounds like what you're talking about of having the ability to see and to hear and to feel and to experience that my retention is much higher, the time will be compressed down to my ability to learn and then ingrain new muscle memory through a more immersive learning experience. Would that be fair to say that's a possibility? I think so. When you think about a skier's
0: experience, an Olympian, for example, when they're skiing downhill You have to have those micro moments that you make those decisions. Those are the ones that whether get you through the finish line a lot faster than the others, or get you to the back of the line. So as you train in these simulators, whether it's a golf simulator or a more effective one, a virtual reality golf simulator, you're actually having the opportunity to create those scenarios over and over and you realize what kind of golf course it was you recognize it from somewhere you ingrain it into your brain not only do you do with your muscles after enough repetition but also you recognize the space it's more like you've been there it's more like a deja vu for you right so you create that experience
1: or muscle memory automatically in itself anyways got it Last time we spoke, he used this great term of triggering people's imagination of what you love to do at Stamble and creating those visual cues and triggers. So you can expand on that a little bit of what triggering people's imagination really means for you.
0: It's about triggering more intense emotions, like you create bonds between the experience itself and myself so that I can come back to it over and over. I want to play that thing. Maybe it's going to sound a little controversial. People don't think that video games help, right? Right. I think it's something that you think it is correct, but it actually isn't. It's not a fact. It's like more like a misbelief Uh, there's this incorrect belief about video games really being addictive and they don't really teach anything. People are literally getting into these games so that first they forget about their real world problems, second, they are driven to the story and they really feel intense things as it comes to their players and their avatars in the game. And you can interact with other people online and really create interesting relationships over there too. And it is a global thing right now. Virtual reality just takes this to the next level. This is not really an exception, it's already happening. It's just that instead of looking at a two-dimensional screen, a display, you're literally in the story, living the story. And there's uh, volumetric movies that is going to come up. You're going to be able to look at the actor or basically get close to an actor in the movie and maybe take his place in a movie and experience that whole thing. Imagine being the Neo in The Matrix. Instead of looking at Neo and trying to understand what he is experiencing, you're actually going to experience that. This can create empathy. It's literally putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. Literally, we're trying to make that happen with the virtual reality as well. And that can trigger really strong, intense emotions. And this, this is applied in socially conscious way as well. And there's really other ways we can take this conversation to about privacy, yeah. about whether we can take people to war zones to see what it is like. But we can also apply that in the other direction into entertainment and really getting people to experience what it is like to be a pro golfer is a good example over here for this particular scenario. Yeah. Or I'm on a cruise ship, I wanna play golf, but I can't because it requires eighteen holes in a massive area, right? <laughs> I just wanna play golf but I can't do that. Now you can, you can literally take people into that golf course. Yes. Create interesting location based entertainment mechanisms like Top Golf did but in a much more constrained area. Right. With the exact same mechanisms that they're doing in physical world, you could be doing that and so much more with virtual reality and augmented reality.
1: Well, you're segueing very nicely here with the conversation because this takes us where your comment of placing people in other environments collectively takes us to where I want to go with the conversation, this third opportunity for golf. And this is this broadcast experience for viewers and fans of professional golf. When I asked this question to previous guests, where do you see golf being in five, 10, 20 years? One of the comments that I had, one of the visions and hopes that I had was watching the masters and watching the final nine holes of the masters as you would do just on your flat screen. If I can actually transport myself through virtual reality, of then walking up the fairway with the last two guys, with Tiger Woods and Ricky Fowler, whoever that would be, if all of a sudden I'm able to be immersed in that experience, that obviously I have the overlay of all the data of their shots that are being hit. But I am then able to control the environment that I'm actually walking around right there as if i'm on the fairway of the 18th hole at the masters on sunday so do you see that as being a possibility in the Uh, in the near future
0: absolutely like i see all this real world enhanced with digital information on top of real world players as i'm just watching the game as a spectator right it's absolutely a possibility but also it is something that you can also do at home imagine like the holodeck in star wars you could apply All that all the way to a golf game having the golf course on this dining table that I have at home and seeing Tiger Woods as a hologram on my desk it's actually like an unbeatable experience and you can overlay as many information with the metadata whatever data you have about that person as well so this is definitely possible in multiple ways It ties back to your original question about why am I interested in this kind of stuff it's because it is triggering intense emotions. Seeing that person, that little figurine or hologram over there, or being able to tell a better story about that person without knowing anything based on the data that they have, all their stats, all visible to me during the game, makes me an informed spectator. I'm not watching the game blindly, I'm seeing what that professional player is bringing to that moment, what has he experienced so far, how many championships does he have, how many injuries does he have, I don't know, or she have. All these things could be overlaid and provide me with a better experience. And this has been happening already in multiple ways.
1: Right. But I think this also connects where esports is, and that, that is on the cutting edge of where golf is still in many aspects as far as technology and innovation. Golf is a bit of a laggard, so it does have the opportunity to, to catch up. But we had talked uh, earlier about Twitch and the incredibly robust network of millions and millions of people that are able to interact and share and watch live tournaments. Red Bull has done this now too. They have, I think we call Battlegrounds, some of the biggest world-class gaming tournaments that have millions and millions of fans viewing around the world at the same time in this. So there's all kinds of opportunities there. I mentioned to you also, Dogu, that the PGA Tour with a group called PGA Tour Labs is starting to scratch the surface and experiment a little bit and prototype in VR. They're dipping their toe in it a little bit but the potential there was very exciting, especially the type of work that you're doing with Stamble, as you are poised and are now looking to integrate all the great things that you do into golf experiences.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely! Like the sports performance improvement is one of the key things that we're looking at. Our healthcare arm is actually focusing on building applications that are strictly around that. Okay. It's about integrating these multiple sensors that I've just discussed with you, about 95 of them, into your body and understanding what your behaviors are and how you can actually improve as a sports person. And this applies to golf as well. So the golf tech experience, imagine that being integrated with all the other technologies around and virtual and augmented reality will allow us to improve people's performances. So coming back to the original eSports angle, this is going to be a key thing to measure if we're going to... Have esports golf tournaments, for right. example. It's not going to be just a headset and two controllers I give you, and you hit the ball with the golf club. We will want to know more about that esports, whatever that character is that is playing it, or your avatar, to create a much better image of that in our minds more like a holographic singer that has a character on stage in Japan. They have these holographic singers, for example. More like that, we're gonna have holographic golf players that we're gonna be fans of. This sounds like so futuristic and sci-fi, but these things happen in other industries. Why not with sports? We could have virtual sports players, and for that, we have to measure the physical equivalence of that that is reflecting those characters. Right. So the same person, more like Michael Jordan being a basketball player and a baseball player at the same time. It applies to a physical person can play, can be a great golfer, virtually obviously, and a great basketball player at the same time. And this could all be measured, and he could be part of multiple teams. And people can come and watch these ones and bet on these virtual things with their virtual currencies. So it's like a digital replica of the real world in multiple ways. And this is what's happening, and this is what's going to happen in the next 15, 20, 25 years. So better get used
1: to it. Let's just finish up here with the comments you made there. You talked about betting on things. This has been very interesting. I've had previous conversations that the Nevada Gaming Commission and a lot of these casinos are struggling just like golf was a few years ago of trying to connect with millennials, which they're now doing a pretty good job of doing and it's only going to get stronger. But casinos in the Gaming Commission are struggling to find ways to create social, more immersive gaming experiences that resonate with a younger audience. They don't want to be playing slot machines in silence like older people like to do stuff still so there's all kinds of opportunities with what they call skills-based gaming and whether that's let's say with a putting competition that you can have with placing bets upon yourself what you just triggered in my mind there with the betting aspect the world is is almost limitless the opportunities that you can have there as far as competition that actually has a gaming overlay to it also
0: So I was born in 1980, and our generation is somewhere in between the Millennials and Generation X. That's why it's called Xennials, actually, from 1980 to 1984, which has those features from being a Millennial. They want more purpose in what they do in life that's why it is difficult to, for example, give a millennial a task that doesn't serve a larger purpose. The Xennials are also realistic, like the Gen X, that they have better jobs, like they fit well with the environment as well. So thinking about that, when you bring betting and playing only on luck, that doesn't serve a purpose and that doesn't really improve from a millennial's perspective, improve things. So they want that purpose and that skills-based gaming comes into play there. If I want to win something, I want to win it fairly in a way, right? So that basically applies to this betting gaming scenarios as well. We're doing a lot of work with multiple industries, and one of the industries that we're very good at is actually real estate. For example, when you walk into a real estate sales center, Previously, you were looking at a two-dimensional floor plan and see, okay, this is what the building is going to look like. Again, a two-dimensional drawing. But now, maybe 10 years down the road, it was like that. And then the last five, six years of renderings or 3D renderings have become much more popular. Right. You have to have photorealistic renderings, right? It talks to a lot of the things that the building will have. But now, when you walk into a sales center, they utilize virtual and augmented reality our Istanbul stuff, to get people to walk through buildings that doesn't exist yet. And this is mostly targeting millennials. It's because they want to make a better decision. When they're paying that much money, they want to see and experience it because they're used to experiencing things virtually. Remember, these people, they were born into an area where iPad was here, iPhone was here. They don't remember what a rotary dial phone is. So they're true digital natives. They're true digital natives. So this is what they're going to expect from you. And the same thing applies to any other industry out there. They are going to be asking for why do i have two physical monitors in front of me when i can have a hundred of them in augmented reality or i can do this work while i'm even walking towards the bus with augmented and virtual reality the questions that you never asked has been asked by these people, and those are the ones that are driving the adoption of these technologies. So if you're trying to attract those people into these new sports or this kind of experiences, bringing them into a location-based entertainment venue, such as top golf and next things we talked about you better adopt these tech in different ways and it is going to allow them because they are going to be the ones asking this question why do you have this much real estate or this big physical space when you can have all of this in virtual reality and much more and you don't want that question to be asked to you but to your competitors
1: oh that was an amazing answer why don't we just leave it there? You have filled my brain up between esports and real estate. You threw in a matrix reference there and also a, a Ready Player One there. So I think this has given our listeners a really great VR 101 for golf, if you will, to see what the possibilities are. And I've got a feeling you and I are gonna have another conversation in the near future because things are gonna move very fast in this space, not only in the golf industry, but beyond. So I'm really excited, Dogu, for what you're doing with Stambul here. Really appreciate you providing the insights of your expertise in all these other areas and these other industries and how that could apply to golf. So, before I let you go here, why don't you tell our listeners where they can learn more and actually see more of what you're doing with Stambol Studios?
0: Of course. So, our website is Stambul.com, stambol.com, S T A M B O L.com, and they can feel free to reach out to me directly at dogu at stambol.com. If you have any questions, I'd be more than happy to answer. And see if there is any way these emerging technologies such as VR, AR, MR, artificial intelligence and blockchain can actually or even IoT can help improve their processes, create better experiences. And we're more than happy to create all of that in combination with what they're trying to achieve in their businesses.
1: Perfect. Okay, Dogu, so I will include in the show notes and also in your guest biography there, I'll have all the links that you just mentioned there so people don't need to furiously write those down. We'll have all that. I will also include the cone of learning, not the pyramid of learning, the cone of learning in there so people can can see visually what you're talking about with that and some of the other links that you also provided that we referenced on the show also and a little more about the background of eSports and the impact it's already had on the entertainment industries. So hey, Dogu Taskaran, co-founder and CEO of Stanbull Studios. This has been amazing. I really appreciate your time today and thanks for being a guest on the Mod Golf podcast.
0: Thank you for having me, Colin. It was a pleasure.
1: So that's a wrap for this episode of the Mod Golf podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Stanbull Studios CEO Dogu Taskaran about how virtual, augmented and mixed reality will impact and influence the future of golf entertainment experiences, fan participation and game performance improvement. If you'd like to learn more about the work Dogu does with Stanbull Studios, check out their website at stanbul.com. That's S-T-A-M-B-O-L dot com. Or go to our episode show page where you'll find images and links relating to this episode. As promised during the interview, I'll include information about some of the concepts Dogu referenced, including Edgar Dale's Cone of Learning. Personally, I like pyramids more than cones, but it looks like Edgar Dale wins this geometry battle. I'd like to extend my gratitude and thanks to our sponsor partners, Fairway IQ, British Columbia golf and Nextlinks, for help making the mod golf podcast happen without their support. I wouldn't be able to bring you these stories from the golf industry's brightest innovators and influencers. Please join me next time. When I sit down with Steve Rosen, who is the general manager of Indian Wells golf club. Indian Wells in Trune Golf is thinking outside the traditional golf box with the creation of an immersive, nocturnal entertainment experience called Shots in the Night that appeals to the most alluring market segment for the golf industry, which is an ocean of non-golfers looking for fun. If you enjoyed this conversation about entrepreneurship and how technology will impact the golf industry, you can find more of our innovation stories on previous episodes at www.mod.golf or search Mod Golf Podcast on iTunes. And please rate, review, and subscribe to the show while you're there. I'm your host, Colin Weston. Thanks so much for joining me. Bye for now.